the most important preseason poll in America is out, Bill. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Podcast Daily. It is Tuesday. Uh, later on today, we're going to be talking to the Ohio State Safeties, Perry Eliano and that group, and that's going to be very interesting. We'll get Bill's questions that he has for that group, although I think he already has the answers now. I have, I have more questions. Oh, you have more questions. Yeah. Good. So we're going to get to that, but first of all, the coaches poll, which I don't know why it exists, has been released. That's a good question. Why does it? <laughs> why do we need coaches advocating for their own teams and voting for their own conferences, whatever those conferences may be? Ohio State is number four. Does that sound right to you? Uh, yeah. I want to look. Who's ahead of them? <laughs> I haven't looked at it yet. Good. This is this is the kind of <laughs> stuff no, that I'm you can come. I'm gonna guess. Yeah. All right. Uh. Georgia, number one. I'm going to look at the actual vote breakdowns, too, just to, to help you out while you guess. Georgia, number one. Michigan, two. I mean, I guess it has to be Alabama, three, although I would quibble with that. And then Ohio State, number four. Trying to get the voting breakdown. And uh, the organizers have decided not to make the information easy to find either. The fine folks at USA Today? Yeah. Very colorful. Struggling. Uh, okay, here we go. Yep. Uh, first place votes for the two-time defending national champion. 61 went to Georgia. Number two, Michigan received zero first place votes, but is still number two. Okay. Alabama received four first place votes. They are number three. And you why? can quibble up with that. Quibble with it. I don't understand that. Why, why would you vote them number one? That's why, why are you, I mean, I get it. It's Nick Saban. And I, it does feel like every year we think they're not going to be particularly good as the year they win the national championship. So if you're trying to be on the right side of history, uh, I guess I respect that on some level, but I would not be giving a first place vote to Alabama. I think you have to respect the two-time defending national champs, but I could be swayed pretty easily. I think to vote Michigan number one uh, so that nobody did that is a bit shocking to me. Um, in terms of the pecking order, I think like Georgia, Michigan, no doubt. I I would probably have Ohio State three, and then I don't really care what happens after that. Sure, I, I don't know. Like Penn State, I think could be in the conversation. Uh, USC, I suppose. Well, um, this is a coaches poll, and I, I'm going to let you all in on a little secret, and that's that the coaches don't respect the coach at Penn State. Oh, well, that's also fair. <laughs> he is. Uh, what is his record in top top? 10 games, he's like uh, zero in a million. He's about a million games under 500. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that's been updated recently or not, but that's uh, that's where I've got it. Ohio State did receive one first-place vote. So one more than Michigan, but finished two spots lower in this poll. Oh, it was nice of Ryan Day to vote as team number one. <laughs> I, don't ha- I don't have who it was. I don't think Ryan Day wants to vote in the coach's poll. Yeah, who do we think it was? Let's play that game. Who voted Ohio State number one? <sighs> I know who it was. Got it. Well, do we have the voting panel? Because Kyle Whittingham. No. Well, Kyle Whittingham does seem to have uh, an affinity for Ryan Day. There's a little bit of a budding romance there between the two. They're good buddies. Um, if Tom oh, Allen, if Tom it. Allen is a voter, I think Tom Allen voted them number one. He doesn't appear to be a voter. Oh, I know who it was. Okay. I skipped. I skipped right to the end. <laughs> the head coach at Tulsa is a voter this year. Oh, so. okay, yeah, okay. Kevin Wilson probably put Ohio State <laughs> Shout number one. Shout out to Kevin Wilson. <laughs> Kyle Whittingham is also on there. Uh, could go either way. Tim Albin uh, is a voter this year for some reason. This, I think that's what's really important. This poll is so dumb. <laughs> America, why does it exist? Why am I talking about it if I think it's so dumb? Like, why would we care? A Mac coach has to prepare for Mac teams. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be watching literally any other games on Saturday. 
or their sports information director. Right. How are we supposed to take them seriously as ranking the top 25 teams when they are going to watch their own team, the team that they play that week, and then their next opponent? How is Tim Alvin supposed to properly evaluate Ohio State? <laughs> I think he's breaking down the bucks, man. I think he's I think he's on there in a projector watching all the top twenty five teams taking this. There series. are other candidates. Stan Drayton yeah. could have put it's Ohio absolutely State Kevin Wilson. You you, you, Kevin Wilson. <laughs> you, have, you have figured well, it out. Ryan Day is a voter this year. I see his name on here now, but I don't think he would vote them. I think he'd say Georgia. I think he, he would doesn't want them. his team to be number one. Yeah, yeah. He wants. I think they're very much going to try to ride that uh, being slated as motivation as much as they can. Um, hard when you're the preseason, like number four. I think maybe in the AP poll, they might be fifth because like they're always fifth, regardless of what is going on with them. They're like always fifth. Um, because USC will be ahead of them for some reason. Um, but well, Lincoln Riley's a genius. Yeah, they'll, Duh. They'll, they'll own that. So Ryan would definitely not vote his team one. He certainly wouldn't vote Michigan one. Michigan can be the four time defending national champions. I don't think Ryan Day would vote Michigan number one in the yeah. poll. That'll never happen. Um, he's smart enough to know that I think he shouldn't pick Alabama. Um, so he definitely voted for Georgia or. More specifically, Jerry Emig voted for Georgia. Um, <laughs> shout out to Jerry. Or maybe it was Mike Bassford. Never, oh, who do you think votes, Jerry or Mike? Jerry. Yeah. Oh. Mike Bassford knows ball, though. Yeah, he's... You can't go wrong with either one. No. Maybe no. they get together in Jerry's office. Yeah. Well, Mike, how can we rank them? What should we do? <laughs> Put them on the whiteboard. Let's break them down. <laughs> one through 25. Do, do we think that... Uh, should we sneak Texas Tech in there, Bassford? <laughs> should they be in the top 25 this year? Where did uh, Texas Tech is number twenty four? By the way, tell me. Tell that me won't where, last when they lose to Wyoming. <laughs> go, folks. Tell me where uh, some of the other Big Ten teams landed. I sure will. Uh, so we we know the top four. Number five, Brian Kelly's family is number five. Yeah, I kind of think LSU is going to win the national title this year. Oh my goodness, <laughs> it's a hot take Tuesday, boys uh, and girls. USC is number six. Jimmy Franks checks in at number seven, ahead of number eight, Florida State. Big Which, game, Florida State, LSU. Do you think that that was just go. contrived to, to make it a top 10 showdown? I Actually, you have a little bit of a uh, stake in Florida State, don't you? Uh, I own a Jordan, <laughs> Jordan Travis football card that uh, would increase in value if they're good this year, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate that. Uh, no, there's like Florida State's a darling team this year, I think. People want to wrap their arms around the idea of them being back. Um, I think the same thing with LSU, although LSU won a national title just a handful of years ago. So I'm I'm not surprised to to see them there. I thought maybe where, where were they eighth? Eighth, the Saudi Seminoles. The Saudi Seminoles. Yeah, uh, that sounds about right to me. I think they'll probably be in a similar spot in the AP poll. Number nine, Dabo's boys down there in Clemson. Mm-hmm. Little old Clemson, just number nine. Oh boy, <laughs> some motivation for training camp. That's not Dabo's accent. I don't know why I did that. Number ten is Tennessee. Number eleven is future uh, Big Ten member Washington. Number twelve. The horns are up. I think that that is a laughable spot for the Longhorns. Um, yeah, they'll they'll be higher in the AP poll. <laughs> They're going to be a top ten team in the AP poll. So prepare yourself for that. Well, you got to build them up now so that when they lose to Alabama, yeah, you can say, oh, you know, it was a great team that they, a great Alabama it's team, be a top lost. ten matchup there. You got to protect them. Number thirteen, Notre Dame. I thought they would be higher. That is, yeah, I thought I think so too because you have to really, I think to question Notre Dame you have to get into the weeds a little bit like and if you look at them just like surface level they have a decent amount back they have a new quarterback that everyone thinks is very good uh, Sam Hartman um, I would expect them to be a tad higher than that as well number 14 uh, Kyle Whittingham's Utah Utes uh, 
lots of fans of that program in Columbus these days. They come in one spot ahead of future Big Ten member Oregon, number 16 TCU, number 17 Kansas State, number 18 Oregon State, Oklahoma 19. I'm a little surprised to see them in the top 25 at all coming off of last season, but they have talent. And then you have the brand recognition. So I assume that a lot of the coaching brethren would just give Brent Venables the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I would. Um, I think of all the big 12 teams that have been listed so far, Kansas state is probably the best one. Um, that would be my pick to win that conference. So, but I don't know if coaches view it that way. If the brand helps, uh, I think people are probably like rooting for Brent Venables in a weird way too. And they like, they have a lot back. I don't, if you, if you, factor in like first year coach making some adjustments get your system in place and then you bring back a, a, enough to it's not not dissimilar i guess from ohio state's defense going in the year 200 goals mm-hmm. um i could see the belief in oklahoma but i don't have much of it number 20 north carolina number 21 wisconsin number 22 ole miss uh lane kiffin's new girlfriend probably be upset about that um She's probably too young to care about the coach's poll, to be honest. Number 23 is too, too young to vote. <laughs> number 23 is too late. And number, 20, number 24 and number 25, a strong Texas flavor with uh, the Red Raiders and the Aggies of Texas A&M. So, well, to see the respect for the for the G5 and Tulane, I was mostly curious where Wisconsin was. Um, Luke Fickle gets a lot of love. Yeah, I mean, Luke is an excellent coach. It's a program that that gets a lot of love as well, and deservedly so. But going through a transition, I thought maybe it was possible they wouldn't quite crack the top twenty-five, right? Um, especially like with the changes they're making on offense there and getting away from bully ball a little bit. But um, I, I I do believe in Luke, and if I were making a poll of if I were making a preseason poll based on how I think the year is going to end, I would have Wisconsin in the top. 25. Yeah, I think next year at this time you're going to be looking at a potential top ten team. Yeah, I, I think that. Luke and Brady Collins probably need about a year for that to take hold, uh, especially with some of the changes they're doing offensively. Probably doesn't work in Ohio State's favor, to be honest, when you think about it. like they, two, two months of footing that they get to find a little bit and then to go up there and who knows what the weather will be like and all yeah. that stuff. But that team will play tough for sure. Um, sneaky, sneaky tough matchup. Maybe not that sneaky. I think Ohio State fans know that he, going on the road to Camp Randall is never going to be easy. Um, or look at their schedule. See how I feel about this here. All right, uh, Buffalo, yeah, at Washington State. Why did who signed that deal? They they played in, in Madison last year, didn't they? Yeah, why yeah. Wisconsin? Hold, have some pride in your program. Don't make Luke Fickle go to Pullman, Washington. What are you doing? They're gonna go beat them up on behalf of their new Big Ten brother in Washington. <laughs> uh, so Buffalo at Wazoo, home against Georgia Southern, three wins at Purdue. Uh oh, I'm a big Purdue stand. Conflicted situation over here, but I'll give him a, I'll give him a dub there. Four and Rutgers five and at or excuse me against Iowa at home. A real six to three banger coming. Yeah, up. I think it's a Madison. I might give him a win there. Then they get uh, Illinois on the road. Uh, I think maybe you're looking at a one loss Wisconsin team. Ohio State goes there, whether it is Iowa or Illinois or Purdue that trips them. Yeah, you're big on Purdue. I kind of think Illinois is going to be a headache for people on that yep. side of the league, but we'll see. I'm, I'm kind of surprised maybe they didn't get more love in this poll, uh, but he's another coach that doesn't have a lot of friends. and Which is crazy because he's a very good coach. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's why. He's alienated some people <laughs> in that profession, um, but that's okay. He's not doing it for them. All right, that's, um, that's the top 25. We don't have to talk about that anymore. <laughs> Coaches top 25 because it's irrelevant, but guess what is significant? 
Ohio State got a day off on Monday uh, from training camp. They checked into the hotel, and then they're back on the practice field later on Tuesday morning. And then Bill Landis will be in there to get all of his remaining questions answered by Perry Eliano and a safety-driven defense. Yeah, I still have some. Um, and it's it's less about kind of the top end of that room now, as I've said, and as I wrote at OhioState.Rivals.com, I, I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on how they're going to do this. And and there are questions stemming from that, like what all can Sonny actually do when sub-packages are at play? Does Sonny like, stay on the field and frankly, I don't think we're going to get answers to those questions now. We'll have to wait until they actually play games. Um, but I'm interested, like, in, the, in some of the depth guys in that room. Like, Kai Stokes is a guy that we've not really talked a ton about really this entire offseason. And he was, like, uh, one of the darlings of spring last year. And it's not surprising that that buzz would sort of fade away as the season got closer and he didn't play a whole lot. Um, but that's a guy who I think still has a pretty high ceiling. I'd like to know maybe what Perry, Perry Iliano thinks of Kai's development um, over the last two years, how he thinks he can help them this year. And then a guy that I am increasingly interested in is Malik Hartford, mm-hmm. who was, uh, I believe, after practice number three, Saturday's practice or something, I guess it would have been Sunday's practice, was uh, whoever they're counting it. Whoever they're counting it. I don't know. Practice number three was the silver bullet of the day, according to Jim Knowles' Twitter account. And Jim Knowles was like pretty effusive in this praise of Malik Hartford when he was asked about him specifically uh, after the first day of camp. Um, I love Lee Carford's high school tape, but he had to get bigger. He was like super skinny and he seemingly has gotten bigger. So uh, he is on my radar a little bit as like a young guy who could play. I, I don't know if I was like, I think I might've written like, you know, freshman who could do something this year for them. And I don't, I can't remember exactly how high I was on Malik Carford other than maybe special team stuff, but I don't know. I, I think if he keeps rising at the level that he seems to be rising, I don't think it's out of the question that he's pushing for like a spot on the two deep by the end of camp. The pick six on Thursday, you know, if he wasn't on your radar already, that's a good way to do it. Uh, jumping the closing speed there, the read. Uh, I don't feel like he was trying to bait Devin Brown into any of that throw. It was just a heck of a play. Great closing speed, great hands, and to finish that off. We've seen that be an issue at times with Ohio State safeties where they're making plays, but they can't quite close the deal, whether they don't, they're a fraction too late or they drop the interception. Plays like that are certainly going to move the needle, even if it's not full pads, not full go, any of those other things that you want to say about it early on. That that jumped out to me for sure. Uh, I think, you know, on Monday at Roosters, Bobby Carpenter was talking a little bit about sort of these sub packages as we try and figure out the Sonny Styles, you know, role moving forward. If you need, you know, someone who's more like Cameron Martinez or Jair Brown to play there, if you've got teams that are going to throw it more. Uh, I, th- I don't know how much Ohio State – Jim Knowles or Perry Leonardo are going to talk about this, but like, how much do they envision actual rotation or personnel-based changes in the season? Because last year they did not do that. No. Like, at all. Other than Josh Proctor getting benched. I, I think there might have been like less, less than a handful, but like a snap or two or three of like a dime defense where they brought, I think maybe Cam Martinez onto the field in addition to the three starting safeties. But it was rare, um, and I just don't I don't know if Jim Knowles wants to do that. But if you're playing Sonny Styles and Lathan Ransom and Jihad Carter together, I, th- I think you're going to have to do it more, right? I, that seems to be the case for me. I don't know if it seems yeah. like that for you. Well, I, I don't have the answers. I've made that very clear. This, this right. wasn't the right day. We have the questions. We don't <laughs> have, have the answers. I have 50 questions yeah. about the safeties, and I've had them all year. I think the I – I, I can't know for sure if it's going to work. I think they have enough 
pieces, enough high-level talent, enough flexibility and versatility, especially with what we're seeing just from one day of practice of Sonny Styles in the nickel, that they can do whatever they want. Yeah. Now, sometimes that can be tough. Uh, if, if you have the ability to do a bunch of different things and you don't commit to one plan, you can see you know, chemistry, communication, uh, uncertainty. So I don't know how that's going to transpire. If that's what they want to do, if they want to have the ability to match up nickel with, you know, if you're playing Wisconsin and Notre Dame and Sonny Styles is closer to the box, that makes a heck of a lot of sense to me. Uh, I hadn't considered it all that much during the offseason other than like we saw, what we saw from him against Georgia or you know last year in certain situations is really more of an extra linebacker. But, you know, I, I, I'm certainly intrigued by it because of Sonny's high-end potential. But you also probably are not going to go through the course of the entire season with him playing exclusively in the nickel. So Cam Martinez and Jair Brown or, or Ryan Turner perhaps are still going to have to play some role. Now, I don't know how big it is. I don't know how expansive it is. I don't know how willing they're going to be to do that uh, matching up within a game. Yeah. And so that's six questions right there. It, 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 yeah, they're all they're all good questions and questions that I have too. And then like dovetailing off of that, I, like last year when they went to sub packages, the nickel came off the field. Tanner McCouch came off the field. Whether that was to play Sonny as a big nickel or to play a third linebacker like Cody Simon, um, it doesn't have to be the nickel. Like Jahad Carter can come off the field if they want to bring on a, a, a quote unquote true nickel and bump Sonny back to free safety or mm-hmm. bump Lathan Ransom back and move Sonny to strong safety. Like Sonny has played in this time here nickel and strong safety like he was the number two bandit behind Lathan Ransom in the spring last year we saw the big nickel stuff and when he was in that role like in the Peach Bowl he was following Darnell Washington whether that was to the the field or the boundary short side or the wide side of the field Um, but when he was playing like pure backup role snaps like I was watching like a little bit of the Toledo game Sonny was playing nickel he was playing to the wide side of the field so like he is this is not new for him Um, it's a more expansive role with a, a whole lot more on his shoulders than playing garbage time against Toledo. But that's at least a sign to me that, that they think that he can do probably everything at the safety position that they need him to do to play all three spots. So I think there's an opening for him to never come off the field. It's just a matter of how do you move him around once you start working those sub packages. What else? Probably I spent the freshman like Jaden Bonsu, Cedric Hawkins, guys who got here um, after spring ball, just like sort of positionally how they see them fitting in. I think we saw Jaden Bonsu playing. I, I want to say he was playing some nickel as well. But again, like I, the thing that I think is confusing, and I, and I think I was viewing this wrong too, like Jim Knowles calls it a nickel. Um, and I think that that brings about images of like a pure slot cornerback. The position used to be called the strike when he was at Oklahoma State and, and Duke, and the guys who have played that position are have more or less been corner types, but it's not necessarily like a traditional nickel nickelback. Um, it's basically just the opposite strong safety. I think they are asked to do a lot of the same things. It's just that when offenses put their receivers, their formation to the wide side of the field, that's the guy who has to cover a slot receiver. But in the Peach Bowl, Georgia decided to put their formation into the boundary into the short side and Lathan Ransom had to cover a slot receiver. So they do a lot of the same jobs. Um, so I think that there are different body types that can do it, but if they can have a, a sunny and uh, maybe this is a longer term proposition, but like a Jaden Bonsu who is um, maybe built more like a linebacker, even, even than Sonny is he's a little lower to the ground, lower center of gravity, but then also have those cornerback types in your back pocket too. The Cam Martinez, Jair Brown's Ryan Turner's like, the more guys that can do the, that that position specifically, I think the better for Ohio State. But then it's a matter of like how comfortable is Jim Knowles actually pulling that stuff out to, to use it when he's not really done that in the past. Strike is a terrible name. 
position. It used to be called, so it was Rover, Bandit, and Strike. And now it is Adjuster, Bandit, and Nickel. I don't understand why Nickel gets the short shaft here. Yeah. Like, Strike is not good, but Nickel is the most bland thing you could come up with. Call it the Sunny. <laughs> I think they're going to be calling for him plenty. I'll be, it's just, Bullet is just sitting right there on a, pl- on a platter for him. Yeah, and I, I actually do think Sonny in that role will f- probably function most like a bullet, as we've seen from an Ohio State player, or like the old school star position that Ohio State used to have here too. Yeah. Um, so that's I think that's the vision for Sonny. It's a little different than what they did with Tanner McAllister. It would have to be because they are quite yeah. different physically. They sure are. <laughs> he's a he's a big old dude doing that job. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, Ohio State at the end of the week, we'll have one more look at practice. Uh, the Friday will be open, so we'll have uh, certainly that coverage to look forward to in the days ahead. But we. Later on today, we will talk to Perry Eliano and that group of safeties. We'll have coverage of that. Some Snappy Jays coming on the podcast. Thanks for spending part of your day with us here on the Podcast Daily for a Tuesday as camp gets rolling yet again for Ohio State. He's Bill. I'm Austin. Talk to you later.